Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome back. Unless it's your first time, then welcome for the first time to your favorite or new favorite craft beer and movie podcast, Fresh Hop Cinema. My name is Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. What's up? We are broadcasting out of Chico, California, and each and every week we review two beers-ish and one to two movies also-ish. It is Oscar season right about now, so we are doubling up on some movies and cramming all sorts of content into our days, so we hope you enjoy it. Before we get started, Johnny, where can people find us on the internet? At Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Twitter, and now Facebook again. Yeah, I should say this. The Facebook is at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod because when we got hacked, uh, our old at was Fresh Hop Cinema and it didn't get deleted, so we can't even have our old name, so adding insult to injury. Damn. So on Facebook, we're at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod. One more uh, to remember. Did you try the Fresh Hop Cinema? No, but I don't know. I don't want to say the Fresh Hop Cinema. I picked pod kind of on a whim. Mm. Seems so fine. It seems fine. It's fine. Nobody, who's hashtags on, or ads on Facebook anyways? I don't know. I haven't been on Facebook in like two years. That's a good point. No idea. Uh, continue. Uh, we're also on Letterboxd and Untapped sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and then Patreon. That's important. Yeah. That's where we get supported by people that support us. Yeah. You can donate to our show for as little as $1 a week, you guys. You can even, if you wanted to, select that you only want to support one episode a month. You can give us a dollar a month, and it super helps us. I'm going to go ahead and say don't do that. I mean, yeah, probably not. I mean, if you go to all the trouble, like maybe a couple bucks would be great. Also, it helps you because we put out special bonus content. We have events. We got one coming up at the end of January 2020. Um, I think we got some bonus content coming out about our top 10 films of the year. A lot of fun stuff. So if you're into that kind of thing, go check out Patreon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, yep. the website. Oh, the website, sure. Side of webs. Indeed. It's Fresh Hop Cinema. Dot com. Dot com. That one's easy. Yeah. I was like, wait, is that it? Nope, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can. So you can listen to us, obviously. I don't know where you're listening now, but tell your friends. We're uh, on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Spotify and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, and I think that is all the stuff we need to cover, unless you want to send us an email, which you can do at fhccast at gmail.com. Also, you said, did you say we're on Spotify? I did say that. Because we're on Spotify. Yes. That's a new, big deal. It's a new thing. It's new. Yeah. That's kind of the one platform that for a long time, Spotify would only let larger... Um, larger companies do. Uh, so you tried for years and then I finally noticed they allowed it. So now we're on there. It's the most asked question I get when I tell yeah. people we have a podcast or like you on Spotify and I had to be like, no, you better go back and message every one of those yeah. people <laughs> and be like, Hey, listen. Yeah. It's also a favorite thing of mine now because it displays our individual track artwork, which I feel you've always been underappreciated on because nobody ever sees it unless oh, they listen thanks. on SoundCloud or Instagram or Instagram. That's true. But now when you listen, you can look at the beautiful, uh, I'll say album artwork that Johnny does for every single episode. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of cool too. Yeah. 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 Be, be nice to see that on the phone. I wish iTunes did that. Uh, yeah. Me too. I don't think people usually upload new artwork for every episode. Probably so not. We're just overachievers. We're going over the top for sure. Over the top sounds negative. We're no, it does. We're doing our best. It sounds like uh, Sylvester Stallone's signature arm wrestling move from the 1980s film. Over the top. Wow, what is an obscure reference you've just made? <laughs> it's not obscure at all. It's like the only arm wrestling movie ever made. Oh, really? It's actually very specific. Well, if you have a specific favorite movie, like I said, you can write us in at fhccast at gmail.com like our friend Austin did. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Austin Smith. Thanks for writing us in. He gave us some feedback from episode 153 and 154, some stuff that we'll touch on later on in the show. 
Um, but thank you, Austin. It's great to hear from you. Hope things are well. I great. didn't get to see you. Yeah, it was great to see him. Yeah, you uh, saw him a few days later? Yeah, he emailed us and then talked about the uh, the perfect 10 out of 10 beer, and I was actually able to buy him one. Because that was, yeah, we were in town. That's the day you texted me saying, hey, I found it on draft at Burgers and Brew. Mm-hmm. And I had it later because you told me that. Yep. I went to grab one. There you go. We're bringing people together. But yeah, it was cool yeah. seeing Austin in the wild. Uh, we didn't plan on meeting. He just kind of showed up, and I was like, barkeep. Barkeep. I will purchase that man's beer. That's great, man. That's another perk of Austin's and Patreon. That's yeah. another perk. Yeah. Which is not to say we'll buy all your beers, but chances are we'll buy one or two if, if you I bump just, into us. If I randomly see you at a bar, I'm probably going to buy you a drink. There's a real good chance. Yeah. Um, okay. Final follow-up that we wanted to touch on. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we covered a beer from a brewery called Dewclaw, and we had a big old tangent trying to figure out why they were named Dewclaw. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the anatomy of animals, uh, and the uh, person that wrote to us, Madeline, one of their marketing reps, reached out and said, it's just a made-up name. So- a little deflated on my imagination, but I'm glad that I got to the bottom of it. So thanks, Madeline. Absolutely. And thanks, Duclaw. Yeah. Speaking of uh, breweries that uh, are really good about getting to us, let's talk about a brewery that is not really good at getting back to us. Oh, yeah, you were grumpy. I'm a little mad about it. Yeah, you're perturbed. But maybe it's because I haven't tasted any of their beer. And what I'm talking about is our first beer of the day. It's called Dank 30 from Altamont Brewing out of Livermore, California. It's a brewery we've covered in the past. It's pretty close to home here. It's just a few hours away from Chico. It's an IPA that Johnny picked out at 6.5%. Johnny, tell me about where you got it and how much it cost. Well, you'd think they would have put their brewery in liver less, am I right? Am I right? Picked this up somewhere last week. I don't remember where. It was either like Spikes or SNS. Sure, the usual haunts. I honestly, yeah, one of the two. It's around in Chico. I've seen it all over town. It's like about a $5 can. Okay. It's a West Coast IPA, as the name implies, Dank 30. Clocking in 6.5%. Uh, heavy late addition hopping of Lemon Drop, Azaka, Equinox, Centennial, and Mosaic. Good Lord. Uh, make this single malt IPA dripping with dankiness. I don't think dankiness is a word. Well, it is now. It sounds like hanky. Yeah, hanky-panky-danky. Hanky-panky-danky. <laughs> uh, five dank hops for five great years. So apparently they've been around for five years. Uh, cheers, beer, 30. All right, that's a weird description. I'm going to note that when copying that from their website, I had to make... Two to three grammatical corrections. Oh, good. They they're not good. S's at, where they didn't belong, and that sort of thing. They're not good at keyboards. No, and they're okay at beer, I guess. I'm not wild about it. I'm not really. It's fine, you know? What do you think? Hmm. Okay. It's there. It's there. It's a little bitter, a little pithy, a little sure. soapy. Yeah. A little sweet also. Kind of sweet. Not as bitter as I wanted it to be. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Altamont, we've talked about them before, and I remember because when I went to look at their website, um, to their credit, the the can art on all of their beers is really great. And most of their beers that I've had are actually tremendous. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, can you remember? what? Do you remember any that you've drank before? Uh, the latest one I had was called Nuclear, uh, N-U-C-L-E-A-R. It came in a 19.2-ounce can, and it was a... Uh, very West Coast, very hoppy beer, um, but they do all kinds of stuff. They do like ganja juice, um, God, a bunch of different juice ones. above the clouds. Yep, that's, that's been one. a big one. That's been on rotation in a lot of bars around here over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we're looking at their website now, and these are all really. Oh, we did the Mr. Bigglesworth ESB. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, very inventive and fun uh, can art. I almost yeah. said album art. Um, and yeah, I've tried a bunch of their stuff, and I remember being favorable. Mm-hmm. And I think this one might be the least. Um, exciting one that i've had maybe yeah it's just fine it's it's nothing to write home about no and i think you know look how many i mean they've got i don't know like 50 60 beers maybe yeah they got a bunch of beers 
So I mean, they don't do them all be great all at, at the same time either. But yeah, it's yeah, it doesn't quite say in all these. A lot of their well, this one does. We're not going to bother though. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's fine if not everyone of your beers is amazing, yeah. but I think this is pretty fine. Yeah, it's fine to average. It's it's gonna or like it's yeah. fine to better than average. I should say. Can you try to think really hard how much it was? Because five is just on the cusp of yeah, like too like, much. It was like four eighty nine. Yeah, it feels high. For, yeah. for what it is yeah i mean it's so local I mean, it's, kind of it's big and there's a lot of hops in it yeah I, I just think it's i mean you're paying for a pretty average abv ipa yeah and it's nothing outstanding and it's like as the craft beer world goes it's basically in our backyard it's good it's good it is in our backyard but yeah. also five bucks a can is pretty much standard for 16 ounce ipas mm-hmm. so like i can't really fault that that's true it is 16 ounces. um like just because i don't like it as much i don't think it should that should make it automatically cheaper yeah in my and in, yeah, you're in probably right you're in my world that makes sense like yeah. i don't like this therefore i think it should be three dollars well, yeah you don't like it so you don't want to pay as much for it and yeah. especially when you have beers like like you're talking about um help me out here you just bought a bunch of for like three bucks oh the uh the hop concept was it just hop concept yeah okay yeah we we did one of their beers it was a collaboration between them and society uh last week or the week before mm-hmm. and it was like a three or four dollar can and it was a perfect beer yeah so like I don't know I'd just go for that again instead of paying two extra dollars for a less good beer. Yeah, and you know? uh, when I bought this, I actually bought a couple cans of that. I believe it's called yeah. Refresher. I can't remember. I sent you a picture. Yeah, that T- uh, THC beer, the hop concept. Oh sure, um, three bucks. Yeah, so it's like yeah, there is better beer out there for less money. But I mean, if you're an Altamont supporter, obviously I'm happy we tried it, and I would drink it again if if the situation called for it. But mm-hmm. is there better stuff out there? Sure, yeah. there is, and you know, it's just a personal preference at that point. Yeah, uh, I like a lot of the stuff they do, and they also have the 19.2 ounce cans of that that new clear, like I said, for around the same price. Yeah, I'm gonna buy that over this for sure. It's a better beer too. So, yeah, I think so. Where I'm gonna end up on this is is sort of it's enjoyable. I you see, I just poured myself more. I'm gonna drink it, and if you ask me a month from now, I'm gonna f- probably forget that this is what that was. Yeah, I think it's it's enjoyable, but forgettable seems too negative. It's uh, it doesn't jump out. Let's say it's not memorable. There you go. <laughs> it's a nice little spin. Yeah. Uh, which lands me smack dab on a five. Yeah. It's like 6.2 for me. Okay. That's very close to the ABV. Yeah. Uh, 6.2 for you, Johnny Summers. Five from me. If, you're, uh, if you really just need something new to try, it's grab fine. it. Yeah. But grab it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's the most like, I, now I guess we move on. Well, that's <laughs> kind that, of reaction. This beer falls victim to the uh, the saturation of the current beverage market in which we thrive. I mean, there's yeah. just so yeah. much good out there. F- maybe five, six years ago, we would have thought this beer is outstanding. Maybe. Um, just because there wasn't as much. So, I mean, I think the level of competition and our own level of being spoiled is just elevated so much that, like, average beers stand so much less of a chance. They okay, just, that's that's fair. They just don't stand out. Yeah. So. Well, if you get your hands on Dank 30 from Altamont, let us know what you think. All the socials from the top. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, in the meantime, Johnny, I'm going to play you a uh, trailer from a movie that I saw today. Do it. I'm working on a novel. It is a story of my life and my sister's. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. Ow, Joe! I want to be an artist in Rome and be the best painter in the world. That's what you want too, isn't it, Joe? To be a famous writer. Yes, but it sounds so crass when she says My girls have a way of getting into mischief. Well, so do I. This is Meg, Amy, Beth, and Joe. 
intend to make my own way in the world. No one makes their own way. Least of all a woman. You'll need to marry well. But you are not married, aren't you? Well, that's because I'm rich. Joe, would you like to dance with me? I can't because I scorched my dress. And Meg told me to keep still so no one would see it. I have an idea of how we can manage. Joe is a lost cause. So you are your family's hope now. I believe we have some power over who we love. It isn't something that just happens to a person. I think the poets might disagree. We can leave right now. I'll sell stories. Joe. And you, you should be an actress and you should have a life on the stage. Just because my dreams are different than yours doesn't mean they're unimportant. I have loved you ever since I've known you, Joe. I couldn't help it. It would be a disaster if we It married, wouldn't be a okay? disaster. We'd be miserable. Joe, we'd be a perfect I saint. I can't. A new play written by Miss Joe Marsh. Women, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts. I want to be great or nothing. And they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty. And I'm so sick of people saying that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. she marry she marries me just kidding what you just heard was a trailer for little women uh, it was directed by greta gerwig who gave us one of the favorite favorite films of 2018 ladybird uh she returns to direct the seventh that's right seventh film adaptation of little women based on a beloved novel of the same name by louisa may alcott uh, this iteration stars Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, and Eliza Scanlon as the titular Little Women, with powerful supporting roles by Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, and Meryl Streep. You heard of her? I heard she's pretty good at acting. Uh, Luis? Is it Luis? Yeah, I think Luis. Okay. It's a it's a woman, right? No, it's a guy. I think it's either Louis. I think he might be French. Okay. I, I wasn't positive, but it's okay. either Louis or Louis. Okay. Geralt. And Tracy Letts. Uh, the film tales, tells the story of the girls growing up in Massachusetts in the years after the Civil War. While the spirit of the national divide is present throughout, the film is far more interested in examining the themes of childhood, love, and perhaps most crucially exploring the idea of stories, these stories we tell ourselves versus, versus those that society attempts to write for us. Little Women first hit theaters on Christmas Day, and it made $6.4 million, which then increased to 16.5 over its three-day in 3,308 theaters. Thanks to overwhelmingly positive reviews, uh, including a 92% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is impressive. Yeah. Uh, only moderate competition from family, blah, 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 for family-friendly audiences with Frozen 2. Uh, the only other current major release dominating the box office. Uh, Cats or Spies in Disguise have drawn not much interest. Yeah, I forgot about Spies. I was reading that and I was like, Spies in Disguise, what? Have you, do you know what that movie is, just me saying it? No. Yeah, there's been like trailers for it and I was I looked it up um, when I was reading those statistics and I was like, I see one trailer for it. And like, obviously, I think if you're on the internet, you know that Cats is 
not doing great. Oh, Cats is like <laughs> heroically bad. It's making me want to see it so much, so much more. But but no, I think yeah, Frozen Two is kind of the other big competitor with Little Women because it's PG and people can go see it with their families and it's Christmas time. Well, and it's got such a following from the first film. Sure, it's, it carries weight. So. And like yeah, just the cast you mentioned, like it's those the younger four, and then like Meryl Streep's in it. Like you're gonna catch so many demographics just by saying who's in it. And then Greta Gerwig directed it, which got me from the from the get-go. Yeah. Because Ladybird. Absolutely. So I didn't yeah. see this movie. Right. You saw it today. Today. This morning. Yes. So early. Very, very early. Like I walked up, I saw the 9.20 a.m. And I walked up and I said to the person taking texts, I was like, are you guys usually open this early? She goes, deadpan, she goes, nope, Star Wars. I was like, I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's really early. Usually their first showing is like 11. I've seen 10.45. Yeah. But like that's it. It's basically 11. Yeah. Yeah. It's in yeah. that ballpark. So that's that's a lot earlier. Uh, I'm, I was kind of guessing, and you, you affirmed this, that you were probably the youngest person by, oh, I don't know, 40 years? Yeah. Some mom dragged her like four-year-old kid into this. Uh. And they sat in the same back row with me, which she was, fair, to be fair, like she was doing okay trying to keep the kid quiet, but the kid was like Being on four. her knees, like bouncing around. It was like- Ugh. Just being four, yeah. Like, like the, it's a two-hour and like something minute movies. Like, don't, yeah. Bring your kid, maybe. No. All right. So I have questions. Hit since, me. I love since it. Since you've seen it and I haven't, I obviously. Uh, first of all, I wanted to see this really bad. Yes. So uh, I need to know: Have you read the book? No, I have not read the book. It's a. Uh, it's an old, old book. I actually hadn't heard of it before this, and then. Oh, what? Yeah, and then come to find out, like seven movies have been made. Like starting, I think the first one was a British film in 1933, a silent movie. Never heard of the book. Never heard of it in my life. Wow. Yeah. I was like, what a cool original concept from Greta Gerwig. I love her work. (laughs) That is probably the most surprising thing you're going to say today. Fair enough. Uh, Wow. Okay. So are you familiar with the book at all? Like the the plot? Nothing. I mean, since since seeing this movie and reading about it online, like I know now that it's culturally huge. Okay. But no, prior to that. Any interest in reading the book now? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, people love it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Uh, my personal question, besides the ones that have been written on the page by me, mm. obviously, uh, are, is, how is the cast? Oh, man. Because that's why I want to see it. Yeah, like, we've, we've I think, talked about, maybe not Emma Watson, but certainly, um, I mean, Saoirse Ronan, we definitely covered Lady Bird. Florence Pugh was in Fighting With My Family and Midsommar, two movies we also did. Mm-hmm. Um, and Florence Pugh, in particular doing very different things. Like those, these three movies now, she's like really getting to stretch some muscles and it's great. Um, no, everybody was really awesome. Um, Timothy Chalamet, everybody's great. Good. Everybody's great in this movie. How big of a part did Timothy Chalamet play? Big. Good. Big. He's, he's going to be the next everything. I think he already is. I know. We're, yeah. Also, I think we're, we're, are you going to see this at some point? Oh yeah. So I'm not going to spoil anything. Cool. Um, I'll do my best to dance around whatever questions you might have. Perfect. In terms of spoilers. Excellent. Um, so there was an interview with Cinema Blend. Uh, Greta Gerwig was asked about some lines from the source material uh, that she wanted to include, but she didn't. Uh, and she mentioned one, that the world is hard on ambitious girls. Uh, it seems perfect to uh, include that, to make it clear <clears throat> that even though the book was written over 150 years ago, its perspective is just as relevant today. Uh, did the rest of this movie play out in kind of a similar way? Or, or was the first, second, or even sixth version of the film enough to get the point across, you think? Yeah, like I think, I think I mean, 2019 has been such a cool year in that I, I found a list on Letterboxd today that was like the top, I think it was 100 movies, um, I think, of the year, uh, directed by women. Okay. Uh, there's been a huge rise in, in the awareness of, a historical inequality in Hollywood of voices being heard. 
Um, so I think that quote that, that you mentioned that the world is hard on ambitious girls, like it's tough to imagine if you think of it in historical context, like a time, like the further back you go, the worse it gets for women, I think. Sure. Uh, but it's still not perfect. So I, I think that um, having a seventh version of this movie, it still works. Like it's, it's, there's a line in this movie. I can't remember who says it, but, oh, it's, it's Tracy Lett's character. He's a, he's a publisher that is, is Saoirse Ronan's character is trying to get her work put through. And he says, nobody wants to hear stories. There's nothing interesting here. It's just a story about a girl at home. And it's so much the opposite because this movie, again, like we said, is such a wide uh, toss net demographically. Um, so no, I, I think I, the next generation could easily have an eighth version of this movie. Okay. And it would work. Nice. Uh, I do think that's a testament to the classic nature of the book. Yeah, for sure. Probably. Excellent. So uh, with without giving too much away, don't spoil it. Uh, readers of the book may notice some some differences uh, from page to screen. A lot of it having to do with the timeline. Uh, I know you haven't read the book, like you just said, but um, the book took things pretty linearly. Uh, the film kind of jumps around a little bit more. Did that make sense to you? Yeah. Well, it didn't at first. Like I, again, like I didn't know anything going in. So, but there are two distinct um, color palettes in this movie. Some of it's very cold and kind of blue, and some of it's very warm. Um, so I guess this is kind of a spoiler, but it's not really. It's just there's two different timelines, basically. Um, and I won't say what those end up being, but once it clicked for me, once I was like, oh, that's what's happening, the movie went from being a movie that I thought was fine, that I probably wouldn't revisit, to potentially one of my favorites of the year. No kidding. It's an incredible way to tell this story. And okay. um, in a couple interviews, Greta Gerwig talks about that choice um, and how it affects sort of the core characters and their motivations. She's, she's changed some big things from what I understand from the book, but I think modernized them in a way that works for a 2019 audience. Excellent. Yeah, I think it worked great. Very cool. It makes me want to see it even more. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned Florence Pugh being pretty amazing in yeah. this. Uh, besides her, was there anyone else that really stuck out to you? Well, you mentioned Laura Dern. Mm -hmm. She's the mom of these four girls. I'll always mention Laura Dern. Yeah, fair. I mean, she's she's great. We just saw her in, um, in or I just saw her in Marriage Story. Just like, she, I feel the same way about her as I did about um, Tony Collette last year. Mm. She was in some different stuff. Yeah. She'd be one very extreme in one movie and then totally different in the next. Mm -hmm. And Laura Dern's been doing that this year. Um, but she's just so perfect at what she's trying to do in this movie. She's she's a, a strong – their dad's away in fighting for the war. So she's sort of holding everything together, and they're not super wealthy. That's a big part of this. Um, and she just leans into it, and she's so great in this. Nice. Um, but like I said, everybody's really, really good. It's such an amazing ensemble cast. Yeah. It's, and you don't feel like anybody took over? Did you feel like anybody stepped on anyone's toes acting-wise? So a really smart move, storytelling-wise, is that these girls all have kind of their own separate story arcs. Okay. So we have to spend time with them all individually. But I would have been worried about that because there's so much star power on the screen if you would cram them into one room. And there are scenes where they're in one room, but if they do a really good job of balancing um, well, the star power and then um, giving each other room to breathe in terms of uh, acting. That's good. Yeah, so it was lovely. Greta Gerwig used her actors in a way that was uh, smart, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. I'm into it. All right, last question before we move on. Hit me. I always complain when movies are over two hours long, especially when I feel like they don't deserve it. Uh, movies have to earn it. Yep. Did this earn it? Because this clocked in at, what, two hours and 15 minutes? Yeah, something like that, which is, I think, the same length of Uncut Gems, which we'll talk about. Um, we should talk about the same thing with that movie. Mm -hmm. um, it did. But again, like... It's it's not an action movie. Like you have to be in the mood for a lot of dialogue 
and a period piece. By the way, I'm gonna place an early bet here for best costume design. Yeah, they got them. it's they're so good. All right, uh, it was a blast just getting to like seep in that world. Um, but you have to be up for it. You got it feels like a long movie. Okay. Um, but when I don't want to call it a twist, but when you do start to realize what's happening, I think you get reinvigorated and a little like an extra wind. So it keeps it. So fresh. I think it earns it. Yeah, okay. but it won't be for everybody. I think for some people it will be long. Well, like you said, so much of it's knowing what you're getting into. I mean, it's a movie based on a very classic piece of literature. Yeah, right. So it's going to watch almost more like a play, I would imagine, with just lots of dialogue. Tons of dialogue yeah. and like tons of just atmosphere. And um, But it's great. No, it's it's good. I, I, would, I would say that if you are watching it and it's starting to feel long and you trust my opinion at all, stick with it. Fair enough. And see it through to the end. Lastly, what do you rate this bad boy? Right. Bad girl, whatever you want sure. to say. Sure. Um, this bad little woman. Yeah. Um, man, it's up there. I was, I'm still trying to formulate my thoughts, uh, coherently, but I think it's going to be like, it's going to be like a nine man. Wow. Yeah. It's up there for me. It's like I said, it's, I don't know if it's going to be top five of the year, but it's almost certainly top 10. I don't know how many nines you've given out. I'd like, I think four. So it better be in your yeah, top right, 10. Right. <laughs> that said, like I gave the lighthouse really high rating and I, it's not, it's not going to be in top five, even though I think it's a top five quality movie. It's just so unenjoyable. Mm. <laughs> like I don't want to put it in my top five, but did you, but this enjoy one is enjoyable. It? I appreciated it. Yeah. I, I, th- I thought it was great. So I want your list to pander to only your no, no, innermost. It happiness. will, but like part of, part of my ranking is like, do I want to watch this movie mm. again? Like, does it make me happy and fun? Like those are things that I like in movies. Yeah. And this one actually did that for the most part. So good. maybe it will creep into the top five. Perfect. But I'll say a nine. Okay. Little women. That sounds amazing. I want to watch it now. Um, I would like to talk to you about another movie after a break uh, called Uncut Gems. Are you up for it? Let's do it. Okay, we're not going to spoil anything. Stick around. Well, the holidays are winding down. Christmas has come and it's gone. If you're listening this the day the podcast comes out, it's New Year's Eve. If you're not, your resolution should be to listen to our show the day it comes out. If you need another resolution, it should be to go out and support some local businesses. And I have a great idea of where you should go. Max, tell them more. Yeah, I think you're thinking about the Handlebar. It's a craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico. They're open seven days a week. And on all seven of those days, they have a happy hour from 2 to 6 p.m. where you can get a dollar off all of their draft beers. Again, 2 to 6 p.m., seven days a week, dollar off. It's a great deal. If you don't know where they're located, it's 2070 East 20th Street near Best Buy, near Winco, near that new hotel that I can never remember the name of. Uh, But it's a great business. The handlebar is all you need to know about that side of town, so go check them out. How's it going? Good Pesach. All right, Larry, you're a Jew again. Welcome back. made a crazy risk to gamble and it's about to pay off so i want the celtics to cover i want the celtics halftime i want garnet points and rebounds what do you know i don't know i just know well i'll tell you what i know it's the dumbest fucking bet i ever heard of i disagree i disagree gary Josh and Benny Safdie, the directors of 2017's Good Time, are at it again. Uncut Gems is a crime drama starring Adam Sandler as Howard Ratner, a New York jeweler and gambling addict who, after one too many dicey decisions, finds himself mixed up in some questionable circumstances with, quote, the wrong guys. While this premise may initially sound like a tired idea for a screenplay, within the opening minutes it becomes clear that Uncut Gems isn't going to be your average crime caper. 
elevated by a rare dramatic performance by Sandler, a pulsating synthesizer-laden soundtrack composed by Daniel, I think it's Lopatin, uh, I hope, and an unwavering dedication to tension on the part of its directors, this film makes it clear that its audience is in for something uh, very unique, whether you like it or not. That's right. After making the rounds at film festivals, including TIFF, or Toronto International (laughs) Film Festival, if you're down, Uncut Gems was screened at just five theaters beginning on December 13th. Uh, Is that correct? It is. All right. I know. Isn't that nuts? Uh, It comes with a runtime of two hours and 15 minutes and a horde R. Uh, This weekend, after much buzz and favorable ratings, it's currently sitting with 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and it was released to more than 2,300 locations and brought in $9.5 million over a three-day opening. As of December 30th, it's brought in more than $20 million worldwide. Yeah, the Safdie brothers, who both directed and wrote the script for this, again demonstrate an intimate understanding of their characters on the page and the incredible ability to see those characteristics manifested in their actors. Alongside Adam Sandler are a handful of familiar faces like Adina Menzel, who plays Sandler's wife, Dina, Lakeith Stanfield as Sandler's associate to Mani, Eric Bogosian, plus many non-actors or newcomers, with a notable breakout role by Julia Fox, who plays Sandler's girlfriend, Julia, the only person with any respect for the guy, and former NBA star Kevin Garnett. Question. Yo. Is Adina Menzel from Frozen? She sure is. The letting is, it go. Yeah, she's also from that clip of John Travolta at the awards calling her Adele Dezim. Yeah. It's the, one of the funniest things. She also put out a lit Christmas album this oh, year. Oh, for sure. It was dope. Uh, I think her like big breakout was uh, Rent. It was, she was on the musical Rent. That was kind of her big mm. thing. Anyways, Uncut Gems is a masterclass in character study. Like Connie, Robert Pattinson's character from Good Time, Howard has an acute penchant for compulsion that continues to lead him down the various rabbit holes he finds. However, where Connie hoped to find a way out of his situation, Howard only seems interested in digging even deeper. Throughout the course of the film, we watch helplessly as Howard makes worsening decisions seemingly by the minute. But be it Sandler, inherent optimism on my part, or perhaps a bit of both, I couldn't help rooting for him with each and every bad decision. Johnny, you might disagree with me a little bit later. Uh, I was trying to think of a way to describe my viewing experience of this film, and what I landed on was that it felt a lot like someone asking me to continually hold my breath while repeatedly kicking me in the shins. <laughs> it's relentless. From the opening scene where we are literally birthed through Howard's colon during our procedure to the film's final moments, I couldn't find a moment to breathe. Upon leaving the theater, I found myself physically worn down in a way that I haven't felt in the movies for a very long. I couldn't even think of the last time. Yeah. But Johnny Summers, what was your experience like with this film? Uh, what was my experience like? Uh, viewing experience was fine. Yeah. It was a nice time at the pageant theater. How about emotional? How about how about just just cinematic um, experience with this? Cinematically uh, and emotionally, this movie is exhausting, dare I say, tumultuous uh, upon all your senses. Yeah, your sense of hearing will be completely overwhelmed at times in this movie. Uh, there is a cacophonous amount of sound. There is... Uh, seemingly very little sound editing or very strategic sound editing to make it seem that way. Yeah, I'd go for that. Uh, when you're in a room full of people talking and they're all at like the same volume, it's exhausting and anxiety inducing. So that part of this movie really hit the nail on the head if they were trying to stress me out. Yeah. Um, I think they were, I think that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So overall this movie, um, my experience was, uh, tense and exhausting and uh, kind of like what you said, just like left feeling very weighed sure. down. Uh, I think the only difference is I didn't like any of it in the middle, beginning, and right. And 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 to clarify, you you didn't because um, you already said it stressed you out and it was tense. But you're saying you didn't like this movie? Yeah. Okay. 
We'll get into that more. I think that's a hot take too. It's a hot because a lot again, like ninety three percent Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. You're in the minority here. Yeah, I'm in the minority. Minority. Minority is my name. That yes. is the joke. Um, okay, well, well, outside of the film, uh, the last time we discussed Adam Sandler, I think was the Meyerowitz stories, which yeah. was a Noah Baumbach film. Um, it's another dramatic role, one of his one of his few. Um, are you able to like look at Adam Sandler and sort of separate yourself from his historically like slapstick and I dare say lowbrow humor and like fully appreciate him in a role like this? Or in your brain, should he forever just be relegated to the realm of Happy Madison productions? No, absolutely. I can differentiate. I mean, Punch Drunk Love was one of my probably favorite movies yep, of that fair. year, yep, at least, you know, that year. It could rank higher, but it's an amazing film. And he was absolutely fantastic in that movie. Um, that m- character had a lot. He was just a different character. Mm. Um, but in my opinion, it was a lot more like of a nuanced role. It okay. just had more depth. Um, more dimension, more layers. Whereas yeah. as this role was pretty much one dimensional, straightforward. He was a, a one layer onion. He was sure. like a basketball, just a, just a pit of an onion. Mm-hmm. Um, I disagree uh, to quote the trailer, but we'll talk about that in a second. This is stupidest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like, um, I have actually, haven't seen punch, punch drunk love. It's on my list. What? I know people it's, yeah, it's one of those movies where people are like, are you kidding me? A heavy eye roll yeah. at you right now. Um, but I think, I mean, I'm going to push back against the one dimensional thing just to say he's, he's got a lot of pro- like not a lot of problems. He has one problem. He is in, he's a, he's a gambling addict. He's got some stuff uh, in that sense that is tough to overcome. So I think if, if I can nitpick a little bit, I would say that he is a, he's one dimensional at first, but if you go into that, there's layers to his one dimensional performance to his one dimensional character. There's a lot of layers to his performance. No, there's just levels of how much he fucks up his life because of his one problem. That's those are layers in a sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I mean, maybe he's just got layers of trash. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And that's fair. There's I know people like that. There's trash people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, okay. So I wrote this question before we sat down and maybe this part doesn't stand true, but I wrote clearly there's a lot to absorb in a film like this. Pretend I didn't say that, but are there any messages that you found um, throughout this film that were maybe more accessible? Cause I, there were a couple for me that I was just like, you could draw this conclusion or this one, but I think the most easy was this. Did you have anything like that? Uh, I mean the, the through line, the easy takeaway is, is don't be a gambling addict. I mean, that's, that's I guess it's true. That, that is there's pretty just, easy. It's, really like obvious there's there's maybe more subtle things like you know pay more attention to your family or you know don't cheat on your spouse sure i mean that's all stuff from the trailer i don't think that's that's right at all yeah, yeah. um but those are also just symptoms of the greatest problem that he has the the one problem that he has is this gambling thing which leads him to just terrible choices i mean like this movie is a master class in like how not to live like how not to treat your family or yeah, other mean, people's money or kinda, belongings or yeah. uh, it's uh it's a complete lack of any morals or um you know, like the gauge of right or wrong yeah, at all. Sure. Um, but yeah, as far as like other takeaways, I don't think there's a lot of complexity in the, the plot of this movie. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd agree. We should actually just a tiny bit unpack it a little bit more. I know I kind of gave a brief thing, but um, cause I want to talk about this opal. That he has imported. Yeah, it's the uncut gem. Yeah, right. Um, so basically, he's 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 an owner of a, a jewelry shop that seems to prefer to work with high level athletes um, and get them cool. Kind of, they don't like he had like blinged out Furbies, which I don't know style, but that seems not cool to me. Yeah. Anyway, so he does this and and he gets involved in in uh, he gets an opal from Ethiopia. It's a black opal, is what it's called, 
and he gives it to Kevin Garnett, which is where he comes into play for a night. And then he's constantly like trying to have pawn shops hold things to get money to pay off somebody else. And then nothing ever goes right for him. Um, but the movie starts with this opal. There's this shot in Ethiopia of these people finding this rock. And then we go into the opal and we come out his butt. Well, it started out with that scene of some guy just having a shattered leg from the getting carried out of the yeah, mine. Yeah, that was the yeah the mine. And yeah. then we go into the mine. Yeah, the guy just being maimed from weird. the knee down and then no follow-up or no explanation. That was just kind of weird. Let me tie it in. I think I can do it. I'm going to say the opal is um, symbolic of greed and that you didn't see Parasite yet, did you? Damn it. Well, for those of you that had, there's a tie-in, I think, between the opal and the rock and Parasite. And I think it's just a symbol of greed and bad luck. So when Adam Sandler does finally get it, because, uh, again, we go with, we look into this crazy, beautiful gem, and then it goes from the gem, X-Men-style opening credits. I don't know if you remember that from 2003. Um, out of his butthole in a colonoscopy. And I won't say how it ends, but I think there's a tie-in. And I think it's fair to draw the simple conclusion that greed lives in all of us. And if you feed it, it's going to do bad things to you. Greed or, or, or uh, lust in some cases or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Um, hedonism could work even. Um, but also I think it works as, a, as an allegory for addiction, yeah. obviously. Um, but I think Adam Sandler's great in this, which is where I think you and I disagree. Yeah. I thought he was just fine. Yeah. I just, yeah. everyone's saying he's doing like all, like he's this great acting. He's, this is a great role. He's just best acting of his career. Mm. And it just didn't feel like he was acting very much. Like I, I, I wasn't that impressed. Howard is a psycho. He's not a psycho. He's an addict. I don't mean to be insensitive here, but he's so single minded that he almost removes any sense of humanity from his character, which I do, I do think takes something in terms of acting skill. Yeah. You can't be Adam Sandler. And and have a have a career of dopey comedic performances, and then be able to flip the switch like this to a point where most of the viewers are like, "You're horrible." Like I only see this once. Like you've you've fully encapsulated this horrible thing that you're going through into one vitriolic channel of life. Sure, and I think that's something to praise. That's why I, I like suppose. I mean, it to me, it's like I never thought that in any of those silly movies, like that's who Adam Sandler was, like. Have you seen he's, his stand-up though? He's playing a role. But he kind of it. Like he's he's a silly guy, but it's not like Yeah, you know, you're right. They're obviously extent, like way uh, caricature. Yeah. So I mean, I never really took that for serious. But if you I, had to guess, is he more like that or more like this? Probably somewhere in the middle, you think? Celebrities get dark when that's, no one else is around. That's true, man. actually. Like, yeah. It doesn't surprise me when like celebrities do super dark shit yeah. or are just terrible yeah. to people, like vitriol yeah. comes out so yeah. like I'm, it wasn't that surprising sure i mean he did a really good job being convincingly terrible yeah but like is it that impressive that's my question is like you have he, but to- he was convincingly terrible like convincingly anything i think is a is a is a feat yeah from an acting perspective sure we talked about this in marriage story somebody was saying there's a this really pinnacle scene of scarlett johansson and adam driver ye screaming at each other in this apartment, people were online were just like, well, they're just yelling. Like, that's not really acting. That's not that hard. But it is. Like, it's convincing. Yeah. And they're in the moment. And I think the same can be argued here. Like, he's believably shitty. Sure. And I would make the argument that that's not as uh, is impressive. But it's also, in my opinion, a lot easier to be believably shitty in the world we live in as opposed to be this caricature of a silly 
comic relief physical comedy because no one in real life is actually like that. Whereas there are people in the world that do stuff like this every single day and chances are you've met one or will come across mm. one in your lifetime if you live long enough. Like it's a lot easier to degradate into something terrible because we have real world examples of it that we can look at and identify with. Whereas like, you know, you, there is no happy Gilmore in the world. Yeah. I mean, that's true. You but know? like it's, it's an easier role to be convincing in. Well, how do you feel about movies that are based on real people? Like there's some, I'm, could think of a probably a hundred if I took a second, but like movies that are based on characters who portray real life figures, those are still praiseworthy, even though they are based literally in real, but not examples of like, they're probably out there like actual people. And I think those performances are still worthwhile. Yeah. Well, that's different. Cause you're, you have a template to mold yourself into. And like, if you do a good job acting as though you are that person, like that's, that's praiseworthy because it's a very specific example of someone you are pretending to be. Whereas this is a, kind of an amalgam of a low life criminal gambling addict pawn shop dwelling ring hucker you know what i mean yeah like um it's a character just like any other character and i think something like this would be easy for someone like adam sandler to be convincing in is what i'm saying i yeah i don't know man if it were somebody like uh, michael shannon doing this who we've talked about in the past is like just being a one-dimensional evil guy, like mm-hmm. in The Shape of Water, I'd be more inclined to agree. It's just his whole career really thrills me. Like seeing him doing this makes me think that he's better than you think he is, hmm. I guess. But that maybe it's personal, you know? Maybe yeah. it's a yeah personal thing. I think if anyone did a halfway decent job acting out this script and this character, it would have been convincing. I disagree. Yeah. I disagree, Gary. I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> but, I don't know. And his, you know. his teeth bothered me too. Oh, yeah. I love them. Yeah. He got a fake mole for this. He had fake teeth. He had fake earrings. They were magnetic earrings. I heard that in an interview. God, commit. Just get your ears pierced. Come on. Yeah. Though I will say, uh, he seemed relatively kind of savvy at times. And there's decisions he makes towards the end where I was like, come on, man. Don't. Something's going to happen. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. And he does that thing. And it's like, well, this all checks out mm-hmm. in terms of what would actually happen. Yeah. We'll get into that in the danger zone. In the meantime, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not spoilery. Uh, not spoilery. Yeah. Just overall, my dislike of the film. Okay. I, I thought it was um, exhausting and I thought it was one dimensional. I thought it was um, not really surprising at any given point. Yeah, I'd agree. Nothing about this movie no. surprised me. No. And um, I was surprised when the conclusion took as long to come to fruition as it did. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll elaborate on that later. Yeah. But give me a rating out of 10. Oh, oh, and okay, you're fine. Yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> what do you got? You got three point two. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, maybe not surprisingly, it's an eight for me. Thought it was very well done, and I wish we the soundtrack was great. I didn't talk about that at all, but I loved it. I'm gonna talk about it later. Uh, anyways, that's Uncut Gems. Go see it. It's in theaters now. Uh, let us know what you think. We have. It's been a while, actually. We were complaining about this the other week. Like we're just basically the same person. We have the same opinions. Uh, this is good. This is a very different opinion. We're gonna take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to jump into our second and final beer, and then we'll go from there. We'll see what happens, but please do stick around. All right, we are back with beer number two. Johnny, I'm going to let you take this at just a just a second here, but oh, it's up. It's yeah, it's a beer called Coconut Donut from Bear Bottle out of San Francisco. It's a pastry stout coming in at six point three percent, which is low for a pastry stout. But Johnny, you did the honor of reaching out to this brewery and getting some information. So let me know what Ben from Bear Bottle had to say about this beer. Yeah, open that sucker up. 
So shout out to Bear Bottle for even just replying back, but also replying with like a super specific little tale about this beer. Again, like we said, this is from Ben at Bear Bottle. Uh, here's what our brewers had to say about the beer. It was inspired by a cardamom coconut coffee that our brewer would order from a local coffee shop. He also loves coconut and decided to take it to the max in this. It is the most coconut that we have ever put in a beer, about 14 pounds per barrel. Any coffee roast character comes from the malt and not from actual coffee. Uh, We also personally love pastry stouts, but sometimes we want to be able to drink more than one. So we took aim at a reasonable AVV level without compromising on flavor. Most pastry stouts hit the 10 plus percent range, and we make those as well. But this was fun to make a petite uh, or a lower ABV version. So shout out to Bear Bottle. Thanks for the little insight. That's really cool. I like hearing from the people that make the stuff. Yeah, again, it's a very cool label. It says Bear Bottle in all gold print. It's got donuts all over the place. Um, my initial thoughts are that I hate cardamom. Okay. It's a very specific spice. And if you don't like cardamom, you pick it up in everything. The second thing I noticed while pouring these beers is that the head dissipated almost immediately. This seems extremely carbonated. And I don't know if that's going to work well with the uh, flavor profiles of a stout. But you've tasted it. What do you think? Oh, well, that's kind of nice. Okay. Give me more. Yeah. It's a little um, a little metallic at first, but that kind of goes away. Um, you get a nice little bit of coconut. It's very stouty for sure. You get like the the roasted malts in there. Um, man, it's hard to put my finger on it's it. It's so roasty. It's yeah. It but not like I don't. I wouldn't have said coffee if they would have said that you don't the uh, any coffee you get is from the uh, I think that's what you said from the uh, from the malt. And I don't get coffee flavor. I get like like fire pit roastiness yeah like this is smoky almost yeah. um what is the beer that i'm thinking of it's usually a porter it's like a smoke porter is that what it's called there's smoked porters yeah yeah maybe i don't know it seems like i'm thinking of something else but it's close to that um there's like a real smoky quality here mm-hmm. and again like not like tobacco or any of that leathery kind of stuff it feels like campfirey that's kind of what it reminds me of it's got like an i don't want to say ashiness that sounds because I, I enjoy it that sounds bad but I like it, mm-hmm. and I'm confused at it right now, but I've only had one drink. Yeah, it's really unique. It's got a ton of roasted barley. I do like that they say this, that they say that they specifically set out to make a lower ABV so you could have more than one, mm-hmm. because I've we've talked about that. Like some of the some of the quote unquote pastry stouts are just so cloyingly sweet, yeah, and abrasive, and sixteen percent or higher sometimes. Yeah, and you get diabetes just yeah, from looking just at it, smelling it. Yeah. Um, one sip and you're turned into Wilford Brimley. Yeah, it's incredibly leggy. Also, if I can use that word, like I don't no. know if you're seeing this on your glass, but like lots of just um, not streaks, but it's it's clinging a bit, and it's just it's a uh, what does that mean? Leggy or clinging? Well, no, what does that indicate for the flavor of? The I beer? don't know, but I feel like it's really it's thicker than it seems. Like in in wine, I know that if you have a lot of legs, it's usually a high sugar content. Um, and I I wonder what that's like in this one. I mean, it probably is that. And I noticed there's a bit of oil, like, on top of the beer. Like, I wonder if that's, like, coconut oil. Or, yeah, or maybe that's what I'm seeing along along the glass. Because it is very, very coconut. Yeah, if you look at the top of the glass, it's got... No, I see it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a little uh, top layer of... It, it's just oil, yeah. This, this beer's quite nice. It is quite nice. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. It's strange, but it's not bad in any way. It's it's good strange, I would say. For sure. It's uh, It's unique. It's definitely got a bunch of coconut, but it's... It's not too sweet, which makes me really yeah. happy. It's got a nice coconut flavor, and I think it it mixes really well with that that roasted malt character. Yeah, coconut. It's a, I, 
I think it's probably about 50-50 for me. Coconut's playing with fire. Yeah, because you could, on one hand, you end up with a Death by Coconut Yeah, from Oscar Blues. Very good. And on the other hand, you end up with something that I can't remember because I think it was gross and artificial and not something I reach for again. Some people would say Death by Coconut's a little bit artificial. Really? A little bit. It's got uh, some suntan lotion-y aspects to it. Yeah, but I always equate that to like banana. Yeah, it's or like but, tropical. Banana boat. The, right. Yeah. It's good, but it's good in small doses. I had a keg of Death by Coconut once. Yeah. Don't ever do that. Oh, you did have that. I forgot about that. I was, that was drinking pints of Death by Coconut, dude. I mean, there's worse worse fates, man. <laughs> there is worse fates, but I don't think I can ever look that beer in the eye again. That's fair. <laughs> I haven't had that beer since, man. That's when I realized, like, I have to be careful with what keg you put on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, Not ever, it's a, It says a lot. You went for a, for a porter. Yeah. Is it a porter? Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 Um, I was young. I was an ignoramus. Sure. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I was just trying to think about. It. I was looking at their website. I don't think we've done another bear bottle on the show. No, that's why I wanted to do it. That seems crazy because I know I've had a bunch of their stuff. Yeah, I think we might have done one Maybe. a long time ago okay. that was similar to the the top left there. I think I, that was, one looks so familiar to me. Yeah, it was like something pretty, dust. I think we did space dust. That's a lesion. No. Yeah. yeah, but there's another one just like that. Or I think of it like galaxy dust. Yes, Maybe. is it, it galaxy from, dust? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure we have. Uh, we've at least drank a beer from them together out of a bottle. Oh, for sure. They, they make some really good stuff. Yeah, it was Galaxy Dust. Yeah. I, I swear we've done... I know that we've had that beer. Burgers what? and Brews had it on tap. Places in town have had it on tap. I'm almost positive we split a bottle of it somewhere. For the show, you think? I don't know if we did it on the show, but I remember doing it with you. So who cares? All That's right. the bottom line. I sort of care. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this beer, though, let's talk more about yeah, it. Yeah, let's. Do you get any cardamom? No. Do you get Absolutely. vanilla? Yeah, I mean, I get sweetness that when next to the coconut, I could be like, yeah, that could be vanilla. So this beer says no, notes of toasted coconut layered with vanilla and cardamom. Yeah, I, I miss the cardamom. That's a good thing for yeah, you, though. Yeah, totally. It's like I'm, I was almost dreading it. I was like, man, it's, it's going to be good. But yeah. And cardamom's one of those flavors. It's For me, it's hard to put my finger on like what it tastes like yeah. until it's in something with too much of it. Yeah. And then you're like, good God, that's yep. too much cardamom. Yep. So, yeah, it's, I mean, there's a reason it's always paired with cloves. They're both very mm-hmm. strong flavors and very yeah. pungent, aromatic, like kapow. Yeah. I'm glad that that, this, that that does not take over this beer. Same. No, this is, um, I'm, I'm very favorable on this. Yeah, I like it a lot. Guess how much this cost. Ooh, uh, let me tell you first what I would pay for this at most. This is a, a 16 ounce bottle. Um, is it? I thought it was bigger. No, it's 16. I think it's a 16.9. Uh, I can look at the ounces though and make this not a guess, uh, but I don't see it off the top of my head. And we're just wasting good airspace here. But oh, uh, there it is. Oh, it's the print. It's one pint, uh, plus one point two five fluid ounces. So, so seventeen point two five. It's really hard to read. You can try if you want. Um, I would pay at most for this. No, that's it. Okay, it's a five hundred and ten milliliter bottle. Okay, great. I would pay. Uh, I'd pay eight bucks for this. I'm hoping it was like six, seven ninety nine. All right, great. That's what I would pay for this. It's a good price for this beer. Perfect. Yeah, nailed it. But don't charge me ten. No, no. I don't, I don't know. I didn't. Nobody charged me ten. I wasn't going don't to. Do it. Um, yeah, there was. I read this interesting article. Somebody posted it probably on Facebook about a brewery that I wish I could call out right now, but I can't think of who it was that advertised a milkshakey type IPA. F- as like 8%. And when somebody tested it, it came out to like 2.6%. Oh, geez. Uh, and they're going to be getting in trouble for that. Yeah, that's not good. If you know who, who I'm talking about, please let me know because it's going to drive me crazy. Hmm. Um, at Fresh Hop Cinema on Twitter. 
This is good though. Yeah, I like this beer a lot, and I would drink it again. I definitely recommend it. Um, it's nice, man. It's a nice take on a stout because I totally get what they're saying. Yep, we both agree over and over that like pastry stouts are good, but dude, they're just like you drink one or two of them, you're toast. Yep, uh, not in a good way. You're yeah, toast. Fair. Like you're, you're not done toasted tonight. coconut. Yeah, yeah, you're toast. You're not avocado toast, which is a delicious, nutritious way to start the day. That's you're fair. like toast. you're just you're, you're burnt. You're burnt toast. Yeah, yeah. that's the point. So I'm I'm into this beer. I like this at six and a half percent. I would wait. What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Just it feels like we're both into it. So I just want to I want to nitpick a little bit further just to see, because um, I'm getting the vibe. It's not a ten from you, but I don't fully understand why yet, and I want to understand. Well, it's balanced a little funny. How so? Like what we talked about at the beginning. It's just it hits you immediately, and you're like, huh. is, is this bitter? What is this? It takes yeah. a minute to figure out. Sure. And for me, a ten. You're immediately just you're, like, it, I love you. It graces and snuzzles your taste buds and immediately embraces you in the full knowledge of what it is and everything it's ever wanted to be. And there's no mystery. There's just glory. Okay. I like That's really good. You should write that down. I'll write it down for you later. <laughs> and this does not embrace my tongue with the grasp of glory. All right. Uh, it embraces my tongue with happiness mm-hmm. and enjoyability. I like the coconut. Uh, it's definitely not perfect, but it is fantastic. This is going to be a very highly rated beer. Yeah, agreed. I think my biggest thing is is the mouthfeel, which is a pretty good thing to complain about. Usually it's like this one flavor is too aggressive or or not aggressive enough. It seems to be the case a lot. But I think it's just a little – like I want a little bit more uh, viscosity, which I know is kind of a cheap thing to complain about because it's not that high in alcohol. Yeah. So it's a personal thing. I think it's a really well-made beer. Yeah. But personally for me, it's not. it's not the best thing I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trying to be Shia LaBeouf in that one. Yes, to say yes. He says yes. Yes. That's why it's so weird. He goes yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he's he gets so wrapped up in active listening. I bet you he doesn't even know he's saying yes. Probably not. Yes. Go listen to our Honey Boy episode. You'll know what we're talking about. Yes. Let's rate this. (sighs) Good out. It's tasty on the bird. My God, we're gonna rate (laughs) Coconut Donut from Bear Bottle Brewing out of San Francisco. Johnny, uh, wait, I got mine. You go first. This beer. Okay, I'll go it, first. It seems like you're not there. It's flirting. It's flirting with the nine I know so it hard. It's right there. It's tickling the nine. I would just be tickled if you gave something a flat number for once in the past year. It's an 8.9. God damn it. Nope. All right. <laughs> it's a nine for me. We don't put up rookie numbers. It's not a rookie number. It's an easy to translate to untapped number. People out there know what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, I don't. It's fine. But it's a nine for me. It's an 8.9 for you. That's coconut donut from Bear Bottle. Get your hands on it for about eight bucks around uh, Chico, certainly, and probably other wares. If I remembered where I got it, I would tell you. That's fine. You know where I buy beer. Check those places. Yeah, I mean, there's only like th- three like really decent bottle shops in Chico. Four. Four, four, maybe. We'll leave the the fourth a mystery, but what comes to mind for me is Spikes and uh, New Earth and SNS. Mm-hmm. And there's probably another one. If you're thinking it's you, then it is you. That's who we're talking about. 100%. Definitely nobody else. And we're moving on. Absolutely. Good work. And also, one last time, thanks for reaching out, Bear Bottle. We appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hot and Bothered is the part of the show where we talk about our week. If we have anything that's really made us happy or sad, a.k.a. hot or bothered. That's yeah, what we talk about. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I got two things, so I want to start first with my quickest one, which is that I got a new chair. I'm sitting in a new chair, and I like it a lot. Our big daddy producer's Christmas yeah. bonus came through. I was just sitting in this other chair that I had for a while, and I've had it for so long that I bought another chair. Got over that one and went back to my old one. My old one now sucks. It's just not supportive and it's creaky and there's no padding left. And I got this baby brand new 
Um, and it feels really good. It's got a high back, which I feel like is it's important. Lean back with it. The only thing, and I don't know if the noise gate will pick this up, but. No, it's not uh, going to pick not. up anything. It's right. barely even making a noise. Yeah, well, it's, earlier. It's quieter than a mouse farting. All right. Well, I got a new chair, and I'm very excited. Yes. Johnny, what's up with you? It squeaks a little, though. It squeaks a little bit. The leather is just need the fake leather. It's fake leather. It just needs to get broken in. Yeah, maybe. You deserved it. You earned it. You do a lot of hard work on this show, Thanks, and man. I don't acknowledge it enough. You but acknowledge it fine. Yeah. He does all the it's work. It's fine. I just show up. Let's move on. <laughs> no. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, fine. I won't make you uncomfortable with my praise. Thanks. I'll just tell other people. I then Perfect. Yeah. I feel the same. And a happy new year. Yeah. Resolution. All right. So. I have like two hots. The first I will keep brief, but uh, to the point, The Witcher finished it. Ah, loved it. Wait a minute, I'm gonna jump in just very briefly because you, I think it was last week, you said I started watching The Witcher, and I said in this tone, "Oh, good for you." Yeah, because I thought it was gonna be terrible. Yeah, but I also started The Witcher, and I think it's only fair that we play a trailer for The Witcher to give people a little more context. Word, give me that drop. All right. I've heard tales of your kind, Witcher. You're a mutant. Created by magic. Roaming the continent. We don't want your kind here. Hunting monsters. For a price. I thought you'd have fangs or horns or something. I had them filed down. <laughs> People call you a monster too. Why not kill them? Because then I am what they say I am. All of our choices draw our destinies closer. If he is out there, there is still hope. judge me they say witches can't feel human emotion what do you believe in Break the side. evil is evil Break the side. lesser Break the side. greater middling it's all the same Princess Cirilla is your destiny. I can't protect her. If you dismiss it, yes! you will unleash true calamity upon us all. I'll take that chance. Fair warning, if you watch this show, you'll get the song Toss a Coin to Your Witcher stuck in your head. I've been singing it for like the last week. As a song from this show? Yeah. Oh. At one point, he befriends a bard, and they go adventuring together to oh, fight monsters. I heard that's episode two. Yes. I saw that episode, actually. And he's a character throughout the series, and oh. he writes a song about Geralt. 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 I don't care. I, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Geralt. You're right. <laughs> I forgot how to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it's infectiously like catchy. Uh, Bear Bottle actually did a 
beer, not beer bottle. I was going to be like, really? Sorry, bottle logic. That would have been the best tie-in in the world. Shout out to Big Bald Austin. You know what's up. He texted me a picture and said, if you know, you know. And it was just a beer in a crowler called Toss a Coin to Your Brewer. Nice. And I texted back, oh, Valley of Plenty. And Love he's it. like, my man. That's another Patreon shout out. Yeah. The joys of Patreon. Dude, for real. And good sci-fi, fantasy, television. Don't wait. Don't bring sci-fi No, good this. fantasy, yeah, yeah. high fantasy television. Sure. It brings people together. So I've seen three episodes. Okay. How many have you seen? All of them. How many are there? Eight. Mm. Okay. It's legit. Yeah. You talked about, you You said last week, you're like, I'm probably going to finish it by next week. So I'm glad you did. Yes. Can I get your overall stuff on it? Uh, overall, it was well-written. It was well acted. Henry Cavill was very enjoyable in it. The supporting cast of people surrounding him were enjoyable. Also well written, well acted. Some really fun powers come to play. There's lots of magic, lots of songs, lots of monsters. There might be a dragon. I don't know. There's a dragon? There's a dragon. That's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, man, it was just a cool, fun series that really scratched an itch for me in that fantasy world you know it, it reminded me of like it made me want to watch things that i loved in the past yeah. like lord of the rings or like the 13th warrior like those those fun fantasy there's not enough of it out there and there's so much good literature we don't have enough uh visual entertainment to to match and i'm glad that the where where we're at with entertainment's catching up so the witcher was amazing i really dug it i would love to have a conversation about it it wasn't perfect They've already made some changes and hired like a new costume designer. There's rumors that Mark Hamill's going to be a critical character in the next season. Oh, uh, I hate Mark Hamill. Oh, nah. I hate Mark Hamill. You're in the minority there. I know. Uh, so it's got massive potential. The star power is there. It's great. Star Wars. Power. Um, also, just following up, uh, I finished The Mandalorian. Oh, look it, at you it go. It was a week of finishing things off. The season premiere man or season finale of Mandalorian came out episode eight, directed by Taika Waititi. Nice. Uh, it lived up to the hype. The whole series wrapped up beautifully and left you wanting more, but uh, another beautifully written and executed show. So it's nice, a great dude. time for sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, we should, you know, uh, jot this down for me. Uh, Jotting? Patreon bonus content idea. I want to talk about The Witcher a little bit more. Um, cause I think that I'm going to have it tackled by next week also. Um, and I'm, we have similar thoughts, but also I think a few that would be worth talking about, uh, which, uh, leads me to remember that you brought up the Witcher at my other hot this week or one of two, I suppose, um, which was our dinner with the owners of the handlebar yeah. and our wives. Yeah. It was a fun night. Uh, for the past two years now, we've sort of tried to thank people for putting up with us doing this once a week. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to those guys for supporting us and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was exactly. very nice. That was nice. It was a nice little small way we can give back, but also just to share some time and have a nice dinner and uh, honestly kind of get to know each other a little bit. I don't think you'd That's ever. True. Nope. Spe- well, I like once. Yeah. But at, at any length, it's it's nice to to share a meal and, and really just conversate. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you have a bothered that you want to get out of the way? I did. And I had more hot too, but I don't want to like Bogart this whole. Uh, I was com- going to talk about the documentary things and you said pull it up. So yeah, I've got a doc- we both have a documentary, so. Okay. Um, go first. Do you want me to do my bothered? What is your bothered? It's Letter Kenny season eight. Just mention it. Tell people not to watch it's it. It's awful. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, season seven and eight are trash. Yeah, it doesn't it deserve your time. Out. It doesn't. It sucks. Nor ours, I suppose. I've been watching reruns of Rick and Morty in lieu of watching the new season. And as you know, yeah. I love Letter Kenny, so that's a hard thing for me to say. Yeah, fair enough. What's your hot? Well, so I watched a documentary. That I've been hearing a lot about really good documentaries, and this is one. It's called Hail Satan. 
It's a question. Uh, you can find it on Hulu, and it's a documentary that came out 2019 directed by Penny Lane. And I will read you the letterbox description, which says this. It's a look at the intersection of religion and activism tracing the rise of the Satanic Temple. Only six years old and already one of the most controversial religious movements in American history. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Did that pick up? It's, yeah, for sure. Okay. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. Uh, the temple is calling for a satanic revolution to save the nation's soul. But are they for real? Um, and it's this very interesting look at, uh, at least I found the most interesting parts of it were when it dealt with the uh, unappreciated hypocrisy of the assumption of America being a Christian nation, despite plenty of uh, constitutional and other type of text stating the exact opposite. Oh, you mean the separation of church and state? That's a big part of it. What? Um, so there's, there's, you probably heard about this. I think it first came up in 2015. There was a monument of the 10 commandments that was to go up in, I think it was Missouri. And the people involved in this documentary, AKA the, the satanic temple, we're like, well, that's clearly religious. So if they're allowed to do it, we're going to put up a statue of Baphomet, um, an incarnation of Satan, I think. And we should be able to do that. The interesting thing about this documentary is that, as you may know, or if you imagine anybody uh, in the mainstream Christianity, they just hear the word Satan and it's like, ooh, evil. But what's fun is that the people... Uh, in this documentary are very much like, nope, like we're not about evil. We're about religious equality and spreading peaceful, good ideas. And by the end of it, it's really hard to argue with them. If you set out from a point of like, they're wrong, which you shouldn't, if you're watching a documentary, just go in with an open mind, but check it out. If you'd like, it's on Hulu. Like I said, hail Satan with a question mark. I've been having trouble staying awake uh, on weekends past like 9 PM. And I've come to the conclusion that it's just because my brain is not being stimulated at all. Uh, so I fell down this rabbit hole this last Friday, uh, uh, started on a YouTube video. Uh, it was about the guy that invented or created bread, maybe crossbread, crossbread yeah. the first uh, Carolina Reaper pepper. A the, mild, similar to a bell pepper. Yeah. No, say. it's, uh, they break down, it's a little... 11 minute documentary on YouTube called How This Guy Made the World's Hottest Pepper. It's on Wired if you're looking for it. Um, and they break it down in the documentary that it's it would take 600 jalapenos to replicate the heat of one Carolina Reaper. That's that's disgusting. It's insane. But yeah, it's literally like a million. It's it's crazy. Um, but I went down this rabbit hole and fell onto this documentary little mini doc series from the business insider youtube channel and it's called why is this so expensive and they're on the fourth season and i watched all of them and they're mm -hmm. all about between five and ten minutes long uh the one that got me hooked is why uh real wasabi is so expensive it's a six minute documentary and i learned things and i found out things that i've never known before including yeah. the fact that i've never had real wasabi Really? Not once in my life. What is real wasabi? And it, what is the thing that we've all had? The What we've all had is a derivation of horseradish. Oh, that makes sense, Mixed actually. with other things, whereas real wasabi is a root that really only grows along streams in rural Japan, uh, along mountaintops, or there is a wasabi farm in Europe where they actually have created the optimal environment along a naturally occurring... Uh, spring yeah so like a spring pops out of the ground and they've like used 
because like wasabi grows in gravel. Sure, why not? Yeah, right. It's a very specific thing yeah. that it's it's. There's so many factors that go into it. Um, and real wasabi is a root. That's huh. the root of the plant, and you have to grate it because it itself is not spicy. It is when it is emulsified and like Weird. basically you disrupt the cellular makeup of the root that it becomes spicy. So you could actually chew on a wasabi root and the only heat would come from the cells that you mash between your teeth. That's insane. Yeah. So wait, why is it so expensive then? Uh, because you to the have name. to grind it and use it within 20 minutes or it is oh, not spicy at all. That's just, so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So like if it's, if you're at a sushi restaurant and the uh, wasabi isn't, uh, like yeah. emulsified in basically in front of you. Yeah. It's not real. Wow. Exactly. That's very cool. Dude, Again, it blew what's my it mind. called? What, what channel was it on? Uh, it's a uh, business insider. And the series is called, uh, why is this so expensive? And they Love cover it. like Apple products, CBD, Wagyu beef, yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's really good to just learn stuff, man. Totally. I love, I, I will save it for next week, but I had another cool thing that I learned. You thinking maybe some spoilers for uncut gems? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Be warned. We're talking about uncut gems in just a moment. Like we've all seen it. We're walking out of the theater, giving our thoughts, full spoilers ahead. I feel like we just snuck a whole podcast in the middle of our podcast. We can put it on bonus content and see who notices. <laughs> that just whole, chop that whole thing. <laughs> dude, for real, that whole, since the last break till now could have been its own thing. Yeah. Uncut gems, Adam Sandler. Let's do this. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. So, Uncut Gems was a movie that you did not love. In fact, did not like. And a movie that I thought was pretty good, but unenjoyable because of how stressed out it made me. Yeah. yeah. What do you want to spoil about it? Can we talk about more like you mentioned at one point, like. The thing that happens at the end, I was surprised it didn't happen earlier. Yeah. When, Elaborate. Uh, when Adam Sandler got shot in the face, I thought for sure that would have happened like halfway through the movie because I don't know. Do I just know more about crime than the average person? Because like a person that is on this path, that's making the decision that he's making with other people's money and really expensive jewelry uh, should have been dead a long time ago. Yeah, I think – I mean that makes total sense. The the one pushback I have is that it seems like a lot of the people in his life he's very charismatic. Like he that's a thing. He's he's a charismatic addict. He's like a charismatic, charismatic slime ball. For sure. Yeah. But when he like as an audience, we're like, he's obviously not gonna pay all these people back. Like something's gonna happen. But we know that because we're seeing a movie. Yeah. In real life, people can be that convincing. So I could see if he was sort of in a downward spiral and that's kind of the pinnacle, like Maybe that's the first time he swindled the guy that shoots him. Like, maybe that works. We just caught him at a bad time. We caught him at the worst time, yeah. And the guy that shot him was what? His brother-in-law? No, his brother-in-law didn't shoot him. It was No, no, no. But the guy that the, the shot he him was shot. worked for his brother-in-law. Did he? Because I was unclear. Some dude leaned over to me. Oh, I saw this was Brian Massa last night. Um, another person on Patreon. <laughs> shout. Is he? Yeah. It's this dude is behind. He? Yeah. It's this dude behind. Didn't he? He is. No. He, he, ha- he definitely is. No way. Is he really not? I don't think so, dude. Well, he, I, I think he's part of the family, so he I is I mean, now. he's a friend to both of us, yeah. so that gets him in. Anyways, we're sitting together and a guy behind us who'd been like kind of making noise the whole time, but like it was fine because he wasn't that that um, obnoxious. Yeah. But he would say things like when there was a fight between Adam Sandler and Adina Menzel, his wife, the guy would be like, Ugh, fucking marriage. And it's like, all right, dude. he wouldn't say that loud. How At one point you? he farted. What? Like loud enough. It's like, oh, well, that's probably embarrassing for you. Then 
10, 15 minutes before the end of the movie, he leans over after Adam Sandler gets shot and he goes, Hey, sorry to bother you guys. Uh, isn't that guy like, or the other guy was like the muscle. And I said, no, no, no. He's like his own strong guy, the blonde dude that shoots him. But you're saying that he was also hired by Adam Sandler's brother-in-law. That was, that was your take. Cause that was Brian's take too. And this guy's take. What, the, the guy that shot Adam yeah. Sandler. Yeah. He totally him. looked like he worked for his brother-in-law. I always thought he had his own gripe with him, but I guess that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So he was just fed up. So he and also then, shot the brother-in-law. And then went rogue and yeah, decided okay. to rob everybody. Crazy. Yeah. I really appreciated how quickly Adam Sandler died. And oh, yeah. by that, I mean, like, if you have seen um, No Country for Old Men, had, uh, I'm going to spoil it. If you haven't, look out. Josh Brolin dies in that movie, and you barely see it. Like, he gets shot, and then in a real-world sense, we're like, we're moving on. People get shot. And that's what happens here. We barely linger on Sandler. Yep. Like, boom, he's dead now. And it's just like, boom, yeah, done. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, because so many Hollywood movies, somebody gets shot in the head. They, 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 yeah, or they like stumble and like, no, dude, you get shot in the head. You're dropping like a sack of taters. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I thought that was that was a nice touch. Yeah. Anatomically speaking. Sure. And and uh cinematography cinematog- cinematographically speaking. Tough what? One. Cinematographically. C- cinematography graphically. So don't go. Cinegraphically? Cinematographically. Cinematographic. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was neat, but yeah, I think he probably was just the muscle. Yeah. And he went, he went hella rogue. Yeah. Well, they locked him in a little room for that long. That's what I was saying. Like at the end, like don't let them into your side, like let him out the far door Yeah, and then square up later. But he's so deep in winning. He's so on such a high. He's like, we're all good. We're going to pay you. And then bam, don't trust people like that. Split. Yeah. Yep. I think he was good in this, man. He was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? No, and I know for sure this is going to be a very unpopular opinion, and uh, I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. I didn't like it. You can't like everything. No. You didn't like La La Land or Arrival. I think, no. I think, without fail, you've gotten one movie that I would consider great. You've gotten it wrong. <laughs> one movie every year. <laughs> That's my opinion. Yep. And it seems to be everybody's opinion, but, you know, who's to say? I like individuality, too. That's fine, man. Just stick to your guns. That's right. Okay, end of show notes, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Uh, next week we'll be coming at you again on Tuesday. Again, happy new year. Uh, Johnny Wednesday. Oh, you're right. We are postponing recording because it is my dear wife's birthday on Monday. Yeah. And some things are more important than podcasting. Very few, but she gets to be that important one day out of the year. Yeah. Uh, the show wouldn't be what it is without Bailey Minardi. Um, if you want to join us on Patreon, it's very easy, very simple. Uh, you get tons of bonus content. You'll hear, uh, an in-depth analysis of our top few movies of the year. Maybe some extra beer reviews. You'll get invites to cool events. Um, if you've drank any of the beers or seen the movies we've talked about today, send us an email or a tweet or an Instagram message or a Facebook message, whatever suits your fancy. Yeah. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Bernardi. We will see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.